Thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. What's up? Or not. What's up? What's up? It's me, David, and I'm here, David Howell, and I'm also with Rodan. He's here with me. Hope yeah, Dan. yeah, I am home, Dan, for the next three weeks, I think. And motherfucking Eli up in the D-Town, Dallas. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Up in the 510. Wait, 210? 214. 214. Whatever. In the 818. <laughs> <laughs> up, in the, up in the 817. Up in the 616. Yeah, whatever. Area codes. Anyway, um, we're going to do crime talk. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Today we're covering Season 3, Episode 3. Or as I like to call it, talking about true crime and getting drunk with my buds. Yeah. That's too. That's too lengthy of a of a name. Have you ha, have you talking lost, about true crime and getting drunk with my buds? <laughs> have you lost a lot of loves in, in, in your recent days? A lot of loves. What do you mean? A lot of lost loves in your life. Oh gosh, no! I, I, if I saw another lost love, I'd shoot myself. But only in the arm, though. Yeah, it's like it's like, hey, unsolved mystery, unsolved mysteries. You guys aren't doing a very good job of making me feel like love is real. If all these people have lost all of theirs, you know. <laughs> Yes, but no lost loves today, guys. So fuck yeah. Um, yeah. But we do got a couple. No, there's like three. I'm just kidding. No, last week we had like. Did you watch the wrong three. episode? Shit. No. <laughs> no, for the for the record, everybody. Uh, last week I watched the the wrong episode, and then uh, I when I got to talking, I was like, uh, I think I watched the wrong episode. So last week I watched this week's episode. If you go back and listen to last week's episode, you'll notice that. Uh, do a little bit more of the talking. Hey, yeah. do you guys remember like when we actually took the time and tried to do the conversion between Amazon and Hulu, and now we're just like kind of like, eh, yeah. you can figure it out. No, there's yeah. because it's not on Hulu. The only thing that it did, like season like ten is on Hulu. Like season ten and eleven. Oh, it's like, not they, just they season. Only, oh. what, like two seasons at a time. So it's, I would if it was all on Hulu <laughs> anymore, but it's hmm. not. So fuck you, Hulu, or whatever. Anyways, the first uh, we're gonna talk about a sweetheart swindler. We're gonna talk about not number two, not lost love, but a stolen love. <laughs> yeah, stolen sweetheart, money. sweetheart swindler number two. It's baby. a it's a wanted, but it could also be a fraud. I was hoping we'd have Kano back on because he was so like blown away that this dude could just randomly call up these chicks and then automatically just steal their stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the, this guy's uh, this guy's got voices though. This guy's a little. Uh, a little crazier and just as smoopy as the other one too. They, you know what I don't like? They get these I don't sl- like. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to give it away. I'll, I'll I'll talk about it when we get there. They keep casting these guys that are like. In comparison, they they look like Brad Pitt to the. Yeah, that's that's partly <laughs> what I was upset about. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, we get uh, you know, just like like it usually is. Um, guy stealing money from middle-aged women uh we start off with a middle-aged woman who gets scammed for about a hundred thousand dollars her name's Catherine, not Catherine. she don't want to tell us um and what does Catherine, not Catherine own uh there david she owns a salon a salon a salon, a salon. A salon. as our man robert stack likes to pronounce yeah dude he goes hard funny words he I'm goes full french on the salon I'm starting to think he might have a speech impediment. Hell no, he's he's he's, <laughs> he's speaking English on another level. I think he's saying all these words right. Uh, salon yeah. for sure. He's saying it in the French pronunciation, which is actually kind of dope and classy as fuck. By the way, yeah, it is. <laughs> but this ain't French. This is American English. <clears throat> this is good old American, son. If you don't like it, so Catherine, um, we have freedom fries here, boy. So Catherine, who owned a salon, um, was at a singles bar uh, or a singles like mixer when she gets approached by a man named Eric Kessler, and he's German. He wants to let us know that he's German, and he has an accent, and he's a. Uh, and she said that he he was there for business, doing business things for a business dinner, and he would be in town for business, uh, for about a year <laughs> doing business like things with business. Uh, you this know. this sounds a little little familiar. Think, things in the realm of business uh, and business. Business, business. Yeah, she said she did take a, a notice of his dress and his mannerisms as well. 
Oh, yeah. She thought he was just the bee's knees. Yeah. He was a total bohunk, as they used to say. <laughs> bohunk? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Elaborate. Then, they used to say that that was the, the lingo back then. Like, oh, he's a total bohunk. <laughs> you never that, heard that? Is that kind of like the opposite of that dog don't hunt? Um, yeah, that that dog don't hunt. That dog you does gotta hunt. watch. That you gotta watch Pretty in Pink. That dog do hunt. Um, I yeah, that's not one of my f- more favorite John Hughes movies. It's good, but I think the name is like, you know, Pretty in Pink. It's Pretty in Pink. Um, yeah. So she didn't feel like this guy was trying to hit on her. That they were just talking about um, business. business. But they were at a fucking <laughs> singles mixer. Like you dumb. Of course he's trying to get up in them. In the, we it, talked mm-hmm. all night and he never made a pass. Of course he was trying to get up in them suit pants. There you go. The business slacks. Oh, yeah. Things got very personal in this little meeting. Uh, she uh, she told him that she was the owner of a hair salon and that um, she was divorced. And, uh, you know, there was like a lot of uh, a lot of business went down. He got to know her a lot in that first uh, meeting. Um, and he told her how funny that we should meet you owning a salon and me being a businessman doing business things in this big business world that we all live in um and he told her about some revolutionary technology no way <laughs> what was this technology david oh dude es- explain i'm so glad you asked this thing was called the video makeover and mm. um you would kind of explain Sounds- it as a computer hairstyle simulator like You'd take a picture of a person on a, and you would replace their hair with like whatever pre-made, pre-rendered hairstyles. I don't know the the simulation. Kind of like a filter. Yeah, that simulation was terrible. It was the original Snapchat filter, guys. Oh man, it was terrible. Like the the picture, the the wig. It looks like a wig that's like just like does like ill fitting. <laughs> yeah, an eight bit wig. The simulator was really really uh, well. Sorry. The reenactment of the simulator was not impressive at all. Yeah, like the yeah. hair was too small for the lady's head. It was, <laughs> and she was like, "This, this is great." And then, and you know what's funny is Robert Stack says this was only two years before, right when this happened. I think. Damn, my um, pixelated blonde hair um, looks hot. No, he was like, "This was cutting edge technology. This was cutting edge technology at the time." Like he was embarrassed. <laughs> He's like, "At the time, this was pretty awesome." It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know what's funny is the guy that's showing her how to use the invention had the sickest hairstyle. Dude. Did you see that? He had yeah, like this he wet, fan- he was fantastic. curly mullet with like a sick, greasy mustache. I think that was like oh. beyond a mullet. It was too long and curly. Dude. And he had a yeah. crazy mullet and, and glasses and like a crazy 90s blazer like with like a black and white pattern <laughs> and really, really pointy ass uh, shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Wait. he was top of the line fashion for that for like 1990, and it's yep. fucking insane. It's just where they find this guy, dude. He's perfect. Yeah, he's, <laughs> when he goes into addition, he's beautiful. <laughs> he's perfect. He's modern, gorgeous, honey, gorgeous. One of my notes actually does say here: suit guy with curly hair. <laughs> Um, so so sh- after seeing this technology, actually before she even saw it, pretty much Ed convinced her, um, to, you know, that this is a good deal. And um, he came up with this figure that with her $50,000, they could put this technology in a bunch of department stores and like a chain of department stores. And so she got like her homie to lend her $50,000. Uh, Catherine, yeah. not Catherine. Uh, it was like a an old friend who was like an older lady. So then after that, he like moves in, right? He like he wants to. He says he wants to work more closely together. Oh yeah, yeah. So like uh, he moves into her basement and he starts using her basement as a office and and a living quarters. They even got yeah. a second phone line just for business only oh, business. Second phone line. You know, only rich people have those. <laughs> then he started the manipulation and like the, the crazy oh Marty. Stuff. Don't be silly. He's just joking. Nobody has two television sets. <laughs> Back to the future joke right there. Yeah, no, I yeah, I got it. Yeah, he starts uh, basically living in this thing, and it looks like a... If that is a basement, fuck, I want that house. Yeah, right? That was a sexy basement. That was a and fucking man cave. 
so yeah, he he posts up there. He starts doing business out of there, and he makes himself comfortable. He even pours himself a uh, what looks like a uh, glass of wine out of a maple syrup bottle. I think it's brandy. I think it's brandy. Yeah. Oh, I don't You're know. It looks like maple. <laughs> it looks like maple syrup. Brandy kind of tastes. It's with like that alcoholic huge, equivalent of maple syrup. He pours himself a nice, refreshing drink of brandy with that huge blue bow tie. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like I'm, huge. Uh, it's loosened, by the way. So he made himself comfortable. And then sl- slightly <laughs> you, after you that. Called, you called me a classless fuck because I don't drink brandy. <laughs> <laughs> we all drink brandy, Elias. Uh, sorry, I drink sherry, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or what's the what's that other the wine the the fancy wine the like port? dessert wine yeah port oh port port, port. port wine port. I like drinking port when I go to the salon. I have an after supper port <laughs> on the port side of the ship. Uh, and then after he makes himself comfortable, they start going on diet dates, and he starts he starts whining, dining, and sixty nine in her. Ooh, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Yeah, so they go to dinner, and then he uh, he even buys her like a new bedroom set. Does no, he buys her a new bed, not a new bedroom set. Oh yeah, like they're they're gonna start working very close together, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a king size bed, and she's like, "Oh, there's a new bed," and he's it's not like, no twin size mattress, that's for sure. And he's fit, like, "He's fit like for two, baby. Let's fit for two, baby. Fit for two. A king, <laughs> you can fit like six. A king yeah. size bed, more fit for two, baby. <laughs> this week's episode sponsored by Casper. Um, Enter our discount code. That would be great. Uh, we don't got one. That would be great. Use uh, offer code um, Stackpack for zero percent off. <laughs> yeah. Use this, use the offer code of the Stackpack to get a, a little thing that tells you that that's not a valid promotional code. Um. <laughs> yeah, so he like forces the bed and says, "You got to use the basement for office stuff and and like let's just bang up here, babe." <laughs> I like, I like all, how all they, in a the, German accent. I like how they uh, tastefully just pan the camera away, letting you know that there's something inappropriate happening beyond the screen. <laughs> we can't yeah. show you because we're classy unsolved mysteries and we come on NBC. Um, <laughs> so that's a little odd and forceful, and she, yeah, I think it started to concern her for sure. Next, they lead into the whole, um, he starts to manipulate her, and um, there's this weird scene where he's like, you look so beautiful in the outfit I chose for you. And, and it's just like, and they, they say that like, and then, and then the next and line. And make you feel confident, yeah? Yeah, it's weird. And then the next line, Robert Stack's like, he started dressing her and telling her what jewelry to wear. And it's like, God, that was such a like generic like line. You look good in the outfit I picked for you. You look good, yeah? yeah? Like, you you know, it's just all there. You feel confident? And she's like, I wouldn't have bought that stuff because I didn't feel like we were making any money. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, uh, she was once, he was one step shy of be- basically being her pimp. Yeah, pretty much. And then, and then um, she convinces oh. him. Or, uh, there's a scene where they're buying a Cadillac next. And uh, it's got all the fancy shit. It's got a crazy amount of shit. It even has the car phone, motherfucker. Yeah, he he requested it. He's I want the car phone. I want that car phone. Um, it had a had the car phone had a fully retractable antenna too. Good stuff. <clears throat> um, all for a mere cost of. It was like eight hundred seventy a month or something. No, it was like four hundred and fifty no, no, a four, month. Yeah, yeah. Four, she's four, like, four, I, seven, I, can we really afford a five hundred dollar a month expense like this? Yeah, a car that like that back then was like thirty grand. Yeah, yeah, it was four hundred and eighty-seven dollars and seventy-five cents a month. Damn, for twenty-four months. Um, so I guess she caves and they get it or whatever, and um, she starts being deprived of sleep by him. Like they would oh, work, they would work dude. all day. This and then is so crazy. And then no, they'd like she... go eat dinner and go hang out with like friends and like potential business partners. And then he, they'd come home and he'd be like, we got invoices to pay. We got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. She's well, like, I want to go to bed. Yeah. He's like, he's like no. no. Yeah. No. 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 We got to do this. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm, I, I'm sure the manipulation was a little more <laughs> subtle and intense, but the, the, you, you, know. you know that bed I just bought you? You're never sleeping in it. <laughs> 
he started getting real bitchy too. Like he he would like start demanding cash advances and saying that some of the suppliers didn't take checks, which is bullshit unless they're like <laughs> very under the radar. Like and by I mean uh, under the radar, I mean fucking illegal. Yeah. Some shady, some shady shit. He convinced Catherine, not Catherine, to put another twenty grand of her own money just straight up into the investment. And um, a, a little bit after this is this is when they have the scene where she literally confronts him, like Are you calling me a Yukon man, and then he's just like, "Who'd believe you? You signed everything in, oh, in a gentleman right. accent. You you put yep. all these these. No, sorry, I'm not. I was <laughs> That's right. Wrong. He puts. He puts he makes her sign everything yeah, and she didn't think all that was in her weird. Name. I forgot. It's like who's gonna believe you? You're just a woman. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the way yeah. And then she's yeah. so embarrassed that's a lot of, that's probably why he got away with this so so often. <laughs> You're a woman. It's, it's messed up to say, but that's how he that's how he treated her. I mean, I don't know if women would look Certain men get away with that now, but that's literally that's literally how he treated her. Nobody oh, would. No. Things were times were different back then too. A couple of months later, she has to pay her friend back this fifty thousand dollars. So she like meets uh, Ed at at uh, the bar where he's like playing chess with the bartender. He's oh, like, I yes. need to talk so to you, funny. and he's like, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing with this gentleman. No, like you, you skipped over a very important part. Po- a very important part. He moves out and starts yeah. courting another woman. Yeah, yeah. He was already with some other with some other broad at that point. Next victim. Yeah, and then he she claims uh, that she has to pay her friend back, and he's like, "Well, I got a check being mailed by courier. It'll be here tomorrow by special courier. Write the check, and it'll be good." And yeah, that dude, that was, that was weird about him playing chess with the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> in in all my years of drinking at bars, I have not once played a game of chess with my bartender. N- never. Well, you were never hanging out at bars in the 1980s. Maybe maybe 80s uh, video poker, video chess. Yeah. One of those little like bar games. That's about it. So she's praying that this uh, um, check is actually real. And so she writes the check for her friend in hopes th- that it will be there in her account that money the next day. So she gets a call the next morning, but it's not exactly what you think. It's uh, a bartender from the bar that they were at, and it was like, Who the f- let me talk to fucking Ed. Right, Ed Kessler, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me talk to this motherfucker, because he bounced <clears throat> he bounced a check for $1,000 that you fucking spent $1,000 on booze. In he the also 80s, took my money. A lot. He also took my money because I lost at chess. <laughs> I lost at chess with yeah. How do you have a thousand dollars in a bar tab? Like it's that's that's pretty hard. I mean, ordering top shelf, just ordering nothing but top too. shelf, yeah. and then for for himself and for people. I have not once had a thousand dollar bar tab. Um, I think we're going. Uh, yeah, it's because we go to dives, man. He's he's probably going to those fancy places where they mark up things. But even yeah, back then is a lot of money. So so this shit fucking ruined her. She she ha- was forced into bankruptcy, and she sold her business. She had to get out. She had to sell her salon. She sold her salon. So after she gets this call from the bartender, she immediately knew that it was like, yeah, he's not fucking coming back. It's done. So the jig, the jig is up. It's yeah. over. So they're looking for him, and they didn't know. And that's how the original segment ended, I guess. Um, but we immediately get the next scene, which is um, um, Robert Stack explaining to us that the night of the broadcast, cops found out that Eric was living in uh, he was in he was living in Naples, Florida, under the name Edward Maynard. And uh, that last December, uh, the father of the lead singer for Tool. Maynard James. No, his first name is Maynard. Oh shit! Never mind. All right, Jesus. Also, did they get a new? Did they? Did they cast a new Ed? Because I feel like they did. No, no, no. It's the same no, guy. no. He just got a haircut. He and got he his ears lower, and he doesn't do the accent. Uh, <laughs> it looked like an. It looked like a different. It looked like a, a different Ed. And also, that that haircut makes him look like uh, the dad from uh, Happy Days. <laughs> I was going to say it's like good on Unsolved Mysteries for like getting him back, like rebooking him. Yeah, and co- Continuity. Yeah. yeah. So Naples, Florida is where he was living under the name Edward Maynard. 
And then um, last uh, December, there was a lady named Anne, not Anne, who lent him $15,000. And then after that, she he somehow got away with her life savings. And then there was a lady in uh, San Antonio who met an, a man named Eric and immediately like started asking her about like how much money she had and, and stuff like that. And then even at the end of the date, she like there's like a scene where he's like grabbing her by the arm, asking her like, "I need three hundred dollars, like let me three hundred dollars." And she was really uncomfortable and just kind of like got out of there real quick. And she said she never saw him again, but she did immediately go to the cops. Hey girl, what's your IRA like? How's that four hundred one k doing? What's funny is is that the San a couple days later, the San Antonio sheriff, somebody from the the office called. Her and was like, "Did you see Unsolved Mysteries? Our boy, our boy's on the screen, bigger than life. Like that's our boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was him." And he was like, "I'm about to call the FBI and tell them exactly what I know." Uh, right after that, he was he had already gone from San Antonio, but uh, other people saw another viewer uh, spotted him in Houston at a hotel, and that's when about eight agents arrived on the scene descended on him helicopters ropes SWAT team the whole nine yards I don't think so he was a big fat dumb fat weirdo 45 minute standoff um so they arrested him there and uh and then he fled and he was gone for about three years the update lets us know that he was uh, missing for three years and he and he was later charged with theft and served some time and got out of jail <laughs> mm-hmm and yeah, so he was portrayed by this skinnyish older guy um, with glasses, and in real life he was like a bald, fat, like fucking shiny lipped creepo. Like it's yeah. weird. Like not suave at all. No, he looks like a nope. big old bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's Speaking that story. I don't know if there's any. Did anybody look about? Did anybody? Did anybody find else? Did no. anybody find anything else no. interesting? No, no not I didn't really. Look at this like, guy. I, I kind of felt like uh, Unsolved Mysteries did a thorough job of like actually explaining the story, and you know, you know. Closing. Well, they had all the updates in yeah, there too. Yeah. Um, although you know, our next case said that he he doesn't come off as suave as what they make him either. Oh no! Which? Yeah this uh, this is another wanted case. Um, we have a theme. The theme is that uh, men are shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's our this team. This puts one. the roofie in the coffee cup. Yeah, for this one is this, this is wanted, and it's about a doctor date raping. We've been uh, we just been calling it the Cosby doctor case. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Not Dr. Huxtable, that's for sure. Nope, not at all. You just said it puts the roofie in the coffee cup. That's more of like Silence of the Lambs <laughs> than like a Jello pudding joke. <laughs> <laughs> Puts the lotion on its skin. It puts the roofie in the coffee cup, and then it gets the date rape from beloved TV dad Bill Cosby. Um, yeah, I guess it still works. Do you, Do you think the two doctors like you know compared notes? Bill Cosby's just as sadistic as fucking Buffalo Bill, the fictional bad guy from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's talk about this awful crime. Our Our, our story starts with not Patty and not Stephanie. <coughs> And they're not playing pool. They're actually probably playing darts, but they wanted to conceal that too. They're approached by their friend, and their friend was with a guy named Dr. Kenneth Frank. Um, and he introduced Dr. Frank to the girls. He was friendly and nice. Uh, Patty is telling us the story. Patty, not Patty. And um, she said that uh, she started talking to him, and he was cool. And she had told him... Um, she told him that she was studying to be a dental assistant, and and he was like, "Oh, I know, I have a friend who's a dentist. I could help you with a job." And she said, "That's nice. That's oh, so nice." Oh, that's right. So she went to the restroom a little while later, and when she came back, her friends were gone, um, or the guy, yeah, the guy that she knew and the, her friend who she went to the bar with were gone, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. Bob and Stephanie. And immediately, Doctor Frank offers Patty, not Patty, a ride. And um, after a while, after being like, maybe I'll sit here a while, maybe she'll come back. After a while, she reluctantly accepts. And, uh, of course, the f- you know, that's the first weirdo thing. You shouldn't go home with strangers. The second yeah. thing is he's like, let's stop off at my apartment so I can, like, write you a referral right then and there. Like, is I can that, get is that you how that, referrals I can get work? You, I can get you that business card. 
a yeah, business he wanted card. To, he used the excuse. Yeah, he used the excuse that he wanted to help her with her with her uh, job referral. Presumably, she's still a student and can't even like actually doesn't have the qualifications yet. I don't know, but whatever. That's probably beside the point. Um, it's just one thing that's not quite explained. Um, yeah. She so so once they're at his apartment, she's got a kind of a heavy cough. And he makes her a special home remedy. And she drinks it down real fast and confidently and good because she's sick and he's a nice doctor. Well, it was coffee-based. It's coffee Yeah, he claimed, he claimed it was a home remedy coffee drink that would uh, get rid of her home coffee. coffee elixir. After drinking this, she gets groggy and... She starts to notice, like, weird symptoms. Like, you know, she's, she made a comment about, like, her, her ears started to ring, like, in a very, like, high-pitched tone. Yeah. And that she couldn't, like, move her body. And it was fucking, like, she did hear a ring in her ears. And that uh, the fucking next thing she knows, she wakes up. This guy's like, hey, it's Monday morning. This was Saturday night, so presumably yeah, her so- Sunday is totally fucking gone. Yeah, they gone. said she slept for something like a total of something like 27 hours. 26 hours, yeah. And, and yeah, so, like, the, her, her next memory is her, like, waking up in bed and him just like, come on. Let's go, like, like Catherine. Okay, let's go, yeah. like we got to go. Like I don't have all day. I got to be at work. You got to get the fuck out of here. And like, she immediately realizes that like something's weird, and that she was probably raped. And um, she tells him something about it, and and he's like, "No, you know, we just had a good time. You're crazy." And she was kind of <laughs> still groggy and fucked up at this point. So she, um, I guess, Doctor Frank takes her home. He he offers her like he's like well let like let me let's get out of here and I'll take you home and so she goes and um, on her way home like she she's starting to kind of like not necessarily piece it together but kind of piece it together and it's like this motherfucker this, like this. He, yeah I was definitely raved this is like something's definitely not right so she she gets dropped off at a huge apartment complex where she lives hoping like just drop me off at the entrance so you don't see exactly where I go into. Well, before that, he he threatens her a little bit. Oh right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's like, he oh yeah, he's like, no like, one's gonna don't tell me, anybody. Don't Nobody's tell anybody. No one's gonna believe you, and it's gonna ruin your career. And you and you're a young, aspiring. Well, he's like, who are people gonna believe you, a student, and me, like a fucking well-respected physician? Right. And then also, he, um, yeah, he even goes as far to say, yeah, that he'll. He, he threatens her. He threatens her life, right? What does he say exactly? Yeah, he he says that he'll take care of her and make sure that she doesn't ever. Oh, tell and if he says something, something, we'll just have. Effect. We'll have to do say, something about that. Yeah, yeah. If he says something, well, we're gonna have to do something about fixing it, that. It was about right. like it was the most pussiest death threat I've ever like, heard. What? We're Wait, gonna what? have to fix that. <laughs> I'm Doctor Frank. <laughs> I'm gonna so. Yeah, your he lip says shot. next time he'll fix it so that she can't tell anybody. Yeah, that's fucking dumbest. Pussiest death threat. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, so she she walks out and he ends up, she watches him drive off, but she waits a while because she doesn't want him knowing where she lives, right? Mm. Yeah, so she walks up to her apartment and then um, she said it was in the very back of the complex and then she ended up looking right before she got in and she happened to see he was watching her from across the street and could see exactly what apartment she lived in was so her 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 fear was come to life oh yeah exactly what she want was her terrified con- of was like definitely happening uh so she took a shower and went to her aunt's house like she just didn't want to be alone and apparently the rest of that day she was you know falling in and out of sleep because she was still like recovering from whatever he'd given her dude some drug man so she didn't go to the cops for a while. She was really embarrassed, and then um, until and then and then seven days later, um, she had another encounter with Doc Frank, and uh, it was at the bar. And she was like, at first, like, really this motherfucker, but then she decided, like, I think I'm gonna like play it cool and see if I can learn like what the fuck happened to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she doesn't like lead on. Yeah, She's, and th- this reenactment's kind of like a little rough. I don't know if like. She actually said this verbatim, or but like, hey, like, what'd you put in, my, in that coffee? Like, yeah, that was, was some like cool. wild stuff. Like, that's yeah. some strong stuff. And he's like, oh, it was nothing. He was trying to play it cool. This guy wasn't. Oh, wait, German. you sorry. 
<laughs> getting your terrible men crossed. Oh, well, they're, yeah, because they're both very terrible. Oh, this was nothing. Oh, it was nothing. I am German. I'm just here for business. It was just a sedative. <laughs> it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, like he's like, oh, nothing. He's like, no, like, come on. Like, yeah, don't, like after a bit like, of back and forth. Like, it was. I, I kind of had a blast. Like, tell me, like, what it was. And he's like, oh, well, it was a very mild sedative that just puts you on your ass for 48 hours. That's all. And then yeah. in the bar, she starts, like, freaking out and yelling and saying, like, oh, you fucking like, raped you, me. You, you raped me. Like, you. You, you raped, raped me. And and she was yelling at him in the bar. And he kind of, like, looked around and took off. And then you see, like, <laughs> this a lady. bitch. <laughs> and you see, like, a lady come and, like, you know, comfort her. Console her, yeah. <laughs> and she said she said she was looking around at all the girls that were at the bar and she's like they don't know any of this like this is yeah they don't, like, know, they don't what, know that this could happen yeah the fucking possibility of all the creeps you know so this is when she decides yeah I, I'm going to the cops this is crazy um it was it wasn't until three months after that she actually filed this police report um she didn't want to press charges because this is fucking ridiculous she didn't want to press charges because she was scared of her future employment and also, the you know, what we talked about earlier, her being a student, him being a physician, like who would believe who. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't think it would. Uh, it would come of anything. Yeah. So she didn't want to press any charges unless it happened to someone else. Her response to the detective is she didn't want to press charges unless it happened again. Four months later. He rapes again. Sorry, this kind of yeah. pissed me off. It's like, I, I'm man, sorry. This lady, this lady totally didn't really have to get raped. I don't know. I, yeah, like, do I'm, you think I'm they would have not prosecuted if it was just her? I don't think so, man. I think there was probably a lot of evidence, maybe. But this lady did it right. He fucked up. He did the same little spiel where he drugs this girl, but it was an employee of his who is probably smart enough and obviously in the medical field. Because she woke up 24 hours later and admitted that he drugged her and, um, um, you know, she told he told her what the sedative was. Ah, I just gave you a little bit, whatever. So she took off. She went to some place that they could test her blood. She went to the ER and had her blood tested. Yeah. yeah right away. Because she was in the medical field and they and they found out that she had about eight times the amount that you would give somebody before they went into surgery. It's like – that's a fuck like i'm i don't know how you how a body could survive that it's crazy yeah um so yeah she gets the blood tested right after that was great and then she went to the cops frank was arrested in february of 1986 it took a fucking way too long for this to go to trial it wasn't until 1989 yeah because it was like held up or something yeah that the verdict was rendered it was an 80 – the verdict – yeah. It wasn't until 19, December of 1989 when the verdict was rendered. Two counts of rape um, with a substance, which is just as bad as forcefully raping somebody. It's still rape, you know. She's mm-hmm. she she's just like it's just different, but it's the same, right. you know, punishment. No, the yeah, sentence absolutely. was kind of bullshit though. So he didn't immediately get sentenced. There was a whole 28-day period, which is, I guess is normal. And he, of course, he wasn't there for his actual sentencing. He fucking fled. Like a motherfucker. And the update, mm-hmm. this is a crazy update because they didn't catch him for 17, 17 years? 17 years, yeah. In Tel Aviv. That's a long time. I know, that's insane. He was in Israel. <laughs> Way too long. And um, he was married and he was practicing medicine. And apparently he got 12 years but has since been released. So he didn't, there's no way he served all of his 12 years, right? Mm, that doesn't no, make sense. There's not enough uh, yeah. years <laughs> between then no, and now. No, he probably did like six or seven with good behavior. So he probably got caught, what, in like 2007? Slap on the wrist, Maybe man. like 2006 around then, depending on when 17 the actual years. case happened. Yeah, 2006. I would say 2006. Let's see if there's anything new on him before we move on. What does it say? It says that he was caught in 2006. And he got 12 years but was released. Yeah, so to be more specific, he was captured in 2004. Um, Some FBI agents working with Interpol had located him in Tel Aviv, like we said. But due to legal issues, he was not actually arrested until July of 2006, which is 17 Mm. years after after he uh, fled his sentencing. 
So he, yeah, he was married and was practicing medicine, and, and he was under the name of uh, the assumed name of Yonatan Efrat. And he was returned to California and sentenced to twelve years, but he has gotten out. Mm, okay. Actually, he probably would have gotten out this year, right? Recent, yeah. If he served if his he twelve years, serve, if he served his full term, then yeah, it would be this year. Yeah. He has since been released, is what it says. It's all the information on um, our dear, beloved Unsolved Mysteries wikia. Yeah, a little more specific, I guess. Well, not enough time. That guy had 17 years on the run. Yeah. And then he served 12. Yeah, totally slap on the wrist for something that was freaking, that's just Not once, but twice that we know of. So this next case is a real mysterious one. It's pretty wild. Um... This isn't really about a terrible man. I, I said that was our, that was our uh, uh, kind of theme today. But this one, we kind of take a break from that. This is kind of more of a weird, weird, just sad this mystery. This is a real, real sad mystery. Uh, it's it it's creepy though, and um, yeah. yeah, but we'll get into it. It's missing persons. It's um, this is about a guy named Dan Wilson, and he was yeah. uh, from Spokane. And he was quiet, and he was a God-fearing man. He had two little kids, and he seemed uh, seemed nice enough. He had gotten divorced recently, but had visited his young son and daughter all the time. He was very close to them. So he got divorced around, like, in 1986, I believe. Right. Uh, the following year, 1987, he has, like, a nervous breakdown. And um, his family kind of thinks it, ha- it has to do with the divorce and all that stress and stuff. So Yeah, like um, trauma. Yeah, which is uh, which is a bummer. And then by summer of 1988, he apparently wasn't taking the medication anymore, and his family seemed uh, to think that he was doing pretty well, kind of getting everything together. And June of that same year of 1988, he joined uh, some, like, tool company. Uh, you know, it was like a factory job in Spokane. Yeah, like a tooling machining place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said he was a pretty steady guy, reliable employee, didn't really, like, you know, slack off on the job. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all-around good guy. I mean, he had no reason to, to go crazy or anything. Um, a couple months after he starts his job, I guess he's doing okay, you know. Um, but a couple months after, he has this crazy outburst at work and... It just seems, it, from the reenactment, if they're probably over-exaggerating, you know, maybe it was a legit argument. But in the reenactment, it's like, hey, when are you going to be done with that? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, you ha- you Jeez, Frank, and- you keep coming over yeah. to me asking me when this project's going to be done. And I yeah, keep like- stopping to tell you it's going to be done when it gets done. So if you want it to get done, you, how about you fuck off and let me get what I need to get done done? He's like, whoa. Like, <laughs> fuck, like let me get back to my business and my business slacks and my Business machining. She's like, business, damn, business, Yeah. Um, it seems like a crazy outburst. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a little more like back and forth than, than it was yeah. in, the, uh, in the reenactment. And you know, yeah, the manager is probably downplaying it saying, oh, well, he's gone. He can't defend himself. Maybe I was a little harsh on him a little bit maybe, but I don't know. I will, I will admit like I thought that was kind of cool where like his boss responded was like, Wow, like you seem a little tense. Like, how about you? Uh, how about you just leave from work and take as much time as you need. And when you're ready yeah. to come back to work, come back to work. And he that's why I told him, "Fuck off!" Until you're ready. But to see, come that's back another to thing that you could be saying, like, <laughs> "Oh, Shit. after the guy's gone missing gone. or whatever," you're just like, "Yeah." And we told him, you know, take some time off for your health, and you just come back whenever. And we're, we'll just Shit, we got, the doors are open. Shit. That could I be had- saying something. That could be something that they're saying in, you know, in retrospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make themselves look better. Yeah, they probably did. They were probably telling him to, like, F off. So it's the day in question, August 24th, 1988. He leaves the plant around 11 a.m. And um, he goes, missing, B. Totally gone. Yep. Uh, Two days later, no one's really, this whole weekend, nobody really notices. Two days later, his sprinklers are still running. His neighbors turn it off. They're not thinking anything out of the ordinary. They're just like, oh, man, he just went out of town and, you know, uh, didn't remember his sprinklers were on. His ex-wife didn't uh, notice at all because she, he just wasn't visiting the kids. He wasn't set up to visit the kids that week. Yeah, that yeah. Weekend. he was off. 
So Sunday, August 29th, um, the cops are investigating an abandoned car on a super remote stretch of highway in Custer County, Montana. Like, there's not even a city. We're talking counties. This was, uh, this was Sunday, August 29th. Yeah, a couple days later. And they found Dan's car just on the road. Uh, it, it was unlocked, and actually one of the doors was ajar. No keys. Uh, there was a Bible in the front seat. There was, uh, like, addressed to him. It had, it had his name in it, right? It said Daniel Wilson in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this was about 700 miles from Dan's home in Spokane. Um, and, uh, yeah, car abandoned. Pretty crazy. So they they did some ground and aerial searches to see to look for him, but they just couldn't figure out why he would just take off from the car. Yeah, true mystery. And then we get the mystery incorporated, and in this case, it's the uh, it's Daniel's mom and his cousins, and they go down to Montana to talk to the sheriff who found the car, and we see a reenactment of it, and he's kind of explaining what he found and how he found it. There was one third of a tank of gas in there. Plenty to get to another town, no problem. Um, and it was a super rural place. That was another weird thing. It's not a place he'd stop off for a walk. There's nothing around there. So they also found that to be odd. Um, yeah, they just they just had no explanation for why the heck it could be there. They were straight up baffled. Cousin, cousin Linda's baffled too, and she's just like, I visited him a couple days before he went missing. And he seemed a little down. She said the the kids weren't. It looked like the kids had just been there, and it was still kind of messy from them. And he and she said that was a little odd because he was usually very neat and stuff. I think she would say uncharacteristically dirty, for yeah. uh, the way he usually kept things. Um, so they assumed that he was probably headed to Colorado to visit his family. Right. Um. And so they kind of like went from there. Um, it's weird because he had done the drive from Spokane, uh, Washington to Longmont, Colorado a bunch of times. And he would just pretty much, this is one straight shot. You take interstate 90 the whole time. Yeah. And it takes you around to the Billings, Montana area. And he had done it a bunch. Coincidentally, this is also, uh, kind of the area where the Little Miss murder, where, um, Lisa Marie Kimmel went missing. Yeah. But she was going the opposite. She was headed to Creepy things on those roads. Yeah. Um, wait, it, was it the exact same road though, Eli? Uh, I think it was just around the area. I don't think it was the exact same road. Um, well that, well that was intercept. It was 95 where they found, uh, poor Daniel. Well, they found his car. There was two, um, directions cause Lisa Marie Kimmel was headed towards Billings from, uh, Colorado. And I think there was two different, uh, roads she could have taken or that you can take to get there. And I think they were on opposite sides, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. Um, well, that's interesting. Billings, Montana area, creepy highways around there where people go missing, and they're featured in Unsolved Mysteries. So um, he turned off to Interstate 94 instead of just taking 90 the whole way. And he went east about 100 miles in the wrong direction if he was going right. where they think he was going. And uh, this is really Weird and creepy. And it's also uh, weird that he would go in the wrong direction for so long. Yeah. That's 100 miles. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, there's road signs. They're telling you what, what city's closest and where you're headed. You know, we know how this works. It's yeah. very weird to be going in the wrong direction for that long. For even that long, even yeah. in the age without GPS and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Shit, I go the wrong way all the time with GPS. <sighs> Ah, that's just shit. But then it, just... it reroutes you like immediately, you know, like you're, you, you know, you're going the wrong way. Uh, yeah. Walking, walking can suck. That happens with walking more than anything. <laughs> or just like, God damn it. I walked a block in the wrong way. I didn't notice. Um, but yeah, so, um, we get a couple theories. Mommy thinks that it could have been foul play because he's known to be a, a bit of a do-gooder, pick up some people in need it's, that he has picked up hitchhikers in the past. Um, I find this flimsy and dumb. Hey, would you pick up a hitchhiker? I don't know. No, so. absolutely not. But I I've don't think seen, so. but I, we run a podcast where we talk about people getting murdered on a daily basis. So absolutely not. There's a lot of things that I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> so they go and they pick up the car, right? 
they go to Spokane to actually go to Dan's apartment to see what they can learn there. They don't really find anything that lets them know anything. There's luggage clothes, unchanged. There's an uncashed check. And, like, but you know, all the things there that indicate, uh, this guy hasn't left. this Or this guy wasn't planning to go anywhere. So they left Spokane. The mom and the cousin were driving back in Dan's actual car, the one they found. That they So they picked up the car. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, they picked up the car after they checked it out. And then they went to Dan's place. And now they're driving back to to Colorado. So um, on, the, on the way, they, they noticed... The mom and the uh, aunt noticed that their throats were kind of burning, like, in the back of their throats. And their eyes kind of felt weird, and, like, kind of burning. They felt dizzy. And, uh, yeah, they felt dizzy. And they immediately uh, got the car checked out when they got to uh, Colorado. I forget the name of the town. And um, the mechanic tells them that there was a carbon monoxide, car- carbon monoxide leak in their muffler. And uh, um, that that then he was like that's super not safe. Yeah. And uh, you know Daniel, I mean, we have we, ha- we have those detectors now in our homes now, so definitely something that you don't want to be in inhaling. Yeah, and Daniel was driving this car for what years, right? Like years. Yeah, it said he was back day. and forth. He was back and forth. This is his only vehicle, so he was driving it to work, and then he took that long. That long ass uh, drive down to Colorado, so of course he's gonna be inhaling these fumes. That's so fucking terrifying, and um, dude, it's so sad. So they think that he wouldn't know who he was, or that he—that's the only thing he might know—is that—is that—is who he was. But um, they tell us some of the side effects of carbon monoxide poisoning too, right? It's like disorientation, and yeah. di- you're dis- you're disoriented, and you. Um, not hallucinate, but you just like your mind is just not yeah, just confusion. Um, it's not getting enough oxygen. Yeah, brain, intellectual ability, and memory traits that resem- re- resemble psychosis. Okay, there you go, psychosis. So this is not good for somebody driving a vehicle by themselves, especially. Yeah. Um, so they they flood uh, missing person flyers all around Montana in hopes to find some leads, find out what might have happened to Daniel. They actually get a letter in the mail from a shelter in Billings, Montana, and it had a copy of their registry. I guess people, you know, put their name when they stay the night, the homeless people. And there was a Daniel. Dan Wilson. There was a Daniel Wilson right there. The mom compared it to some of these. Uh, signatures of her son and it looked close enough for them to go down there and ask some questions they brought a bunch of flyers there um, they brought pictures of daniel a little bit more and they showed it to the two guys who i guess worked there they didn't really specify and they both kind of seemed to think yeah i think that was him i think we def- he definitely was here one night so they're they're at this point when the you know show aired there'd been no trace of him for two years and there was no sign of violence in the car or evidence of any sort of second person. So they really rule out the mom's, like, hitchhiker theory pretty quickly. There's just no evidence to, you know, put those two things together to make that anything more than just a, you know, a theory. The cops said that the only thing different is that they're looking at the case in a way that um, he might have chosen to disappear on his own, you know, will. By his own hand that he knew he was going to, like, disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the cousin says, like, impossibly, but, you know, those little kids, it just it didn't make any sense. So we get an update here, but it's not a very happy one. They actually did find his body five miles from his car in 1997. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so it would have been uh, almost 10 years after he went missing, but right? D- didn't they do a search? They said they did a search around the area, but I guess five miles is. is yeah, five miles in every direction. Yeah. They they don't really give any more specifics. He could have, like, f- like jumped into, like, some weird crevice or. I don't know. 
You know, yeah. it, could, it could be a lot of. Well, they they do speculate that he died from exposure, and they identified him through uh, dental records. So and he must have just gone crazy being in the car. He's probably just not crazy. Outside. Just got disoriented and just like you know. And then walk started walking, and then just yeah, he died out there. I think I, I think he did. Elements. I think he kind of went. I think he went crazy. I think. And like, I think he went a little. I think crazy. there was the psychosis, and he just just got like, confused, like. like yeah, opened the car door and just started walking, just walking away from the car, not yeah. knowing, you know, where he was going and until he just dropped dead of exposure, uh, Dude, you know, dropped dead of sad, dehydration and just took off. Such a, such a sad story, man. Like, totally, like, this did not have to happen. Yeah, it's really shitty. So remember, folks, if you're driving around town and you start to feel lightheaded, you Please take your car to a mechanic and have it checked out. Yeah, or don't turn your car on in a garage that's closed with a garden hose coming out of your tailpipe going into the cabin of the car. Jeez, <laughs> that's terrible. Too much. But yes, don't do that. Took yeah, it. Took it. Took it. Took it. A dark, dark De- route there. Uh, Dan Wilson was not suicidal, and that's what sucks about this no. case. Um, even more. Um, but it is, this one's a truly creepy one. It's an extra creepy one to me. It, I don't know. Just like this guy just went missing. And just, his, yeah, like and the he circumstance. Just, he literally but, just walked off. But it, it it's creepy in the sense because it, there's a, there's a plausible explanation. Like he wasn't yeah. just crazy. Yeah. It's his, not supernatural. It's just, you know, the circumstances of machinery. It could have been failing. to him though, dude, you know, could happen uh, to anyone. Yeah. It could be anyone. That's yeah. scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So the next case we're going to talk about is kind of cool. Um, I don't some know what. Cool, uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, the, some cool heat action right now we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I don't know what they're called, but I'm going to call them the nice bank robbers. The nice bank robbers? The nice. Um, the precision robbers. The nice bank robbers. Um, it's 1 p.m. It's April 18th. It's 1989. It's Prairie, Minnesota. By the way, this is a wanted case, if you didn't already know. Yeah, they're looking for these fools. Armed dudes uh, approach a security truck, an armored truck. Um, they gra- uh, the, This security guard who's putting the money in immediately grabs one of these guys' guns. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, I like how in the reenactment he's looking around. He's like, uh, uh, I don't know what's happening, but you never know. And then as soon as he's like putting the stuff in, he's like turns his back, and then all of a sudden this car pulls up with all these thugs. Oh, they just get out! They just get out. He grabs one of their guns, and they immediately, they immediately get him down to the floor, and he, they get the gun back. Um, yeah. No shots fire. Um, they have a bunch of scary guns, but no shots fire. Um, so I want to know why was only one of them wearing a legit mask in the reenactment? The other ones were wearing like pantyhose. Yeah, and one of them was wearing <laughs> and a, a fake sheaf. One of them was wearing a fake beard. I don't know. It's oh, yeah. weird. Um, yeah, it was a troop of community thespians. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was like <laughs> Count Olaf. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Jeez, that's really funny. It was Count yeah, Olaf them, and his in his theater troupe, theater, as his bandana, and then yeah, um, <laughs> some theater thespians. We gotta put on Shakespeare, guys. We don't have enough in our budget. <laughs> uh, I like him. I like him. I like him a lot. I, there's so many. You could cr- create any story, and it works. So, <laughs> so another thing that the guard noticed is they didn't seem to be very panicked. They seemed very prepared, and they knew exactly what they were doing. One of the cops even says later that like oh. they seemed like they were they had practiced it a lot. Like they also they also put a bomb like right a bomb in quotations in on the hood of the uh, armored vehicle. Before they left. Oh, so while they uh, they were subduing the guy, loading the cash into the back of the vehicle, another vehicle parked in front of the the van so they couldn't pull That's away. Right. Yeah. And got out and put a bomb, or what they believed to be a bomb, on the uh, on the hood of the. And car. they're like, "It's fucking armed!" And they put it. They just like place this little makeshift bomb on the hood. <laughs> they don't say fucking, but they. Sh- uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a shoebox, a can of spray paint, and some duct tape. Um, no, that's great. <laughs> yeah. In less than a minute, they stole close to a million bucks um, with, you know, you stay on the ground, you know, and the uh, the driver seeing that bomb on the hood and like. Was not about to drive. 
Yeah. So they get out and, <laughs> yeah, and the fucking guards, like, it was like a commando type of thing. And they were just, like, getting out of there. And, the, the, of course, they had the bomb squad and they had this, like, really intricate system of wires and they got the bomb. Of and ropes and pulleys. They, pulleys. They, they x-rayed it and it was, yeah, a fucking nice fake and and yeah. they did note that it was an ingenious delaying tactic, which yeah, 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 totally. They also linked this case, or they linked the bomb to another robbery used um, in Baltimore, Maryland, three and, years uh, prior, three, three years earlier. Yeah, the fake bombers, the nice bank the, robbers. I'm telling the, you, the, the the nice fake bombers. Notice that um, one of these fucking this guard grabbed the gun from them. And was just and subdued and not hurt or harmed or shot. Yeah, they didn't shoot him or nothing. You're right. With that Maryland robbery and this one, Robert Sachs like, yo, these guys got away with $1.6 million. And he's like, you think they'd be cool with that? And, and, and nah. The, yeah. But there's also more, some more interesting things. They can't get a single lead because every vehicle was stolen first and then wiped and, the prints. And wiped. Yeah. Yeah. No fingerprints, nothing. They left no DNA. It's on their pantyhose. It's all in them hose. And then they they ain't stopping there, yo. You think they would? They're got they're fucking putting on a sweet production of. It's not even Shakespeare anymore. Like they're they got rights to do fucking like doing, Matilda the musical. Or they're something. doing a Hello Dolly. Hello yeah, Dolly is that one really expensive? No, they're doing something. Like what's like really a current major. Broadway? I think that would be like really expensive to do it. Like your Lion community. King? They're doing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Part One and Two. You know how much J.K. wanted for those fucking rights? <laughs> no, did he want a lot? <laughs> J.K.'s a lady. Oh, did she want a lot? That's right. Fuck yeah, she does. <laughs> Come on, you should have known that. We had to read it in French class in French. I don't remember. You don't remember I Harry Potter? J- it's about a I wizard miss- boy and it's fucking magical. No, I've no of course I know Harry Potter. I don't remember reading it in French. We we had to read Harry Potter in French? Yeah, we read the first book in like French. Dude. Remembering High School with Dan and Eli. Oh my gosh. Um March twenty seventh in uh of nineteen ninety in Burnsville, Minnesota. Which, which which was re- it's really close to the uh last robbery they committed, right? Like a town over or something. They, appre- they approach a, a Brinks armed car, and yeah. these guys, you know, the same guys jump out. They're all loaded with guns and shit. And the driver notices the that immediately, like, as these guys are coming up, it's a little faster. The van pulls in front of them. Yeah, and then shots come into the Brinks car or well, shoot it, the windshield. Yeah, they start shooting at him, but it's bulletproof. It's scary, but he fucking just rams them. Right. Leaves his partner outside because screw human life, right? Well, I mean, what are you going to do? And, and also, that's a uh, that's probably what the, in their training. They're in a fucking bulletproof like tank. Yeah. Ram those bitches. Um, yeah, he said it was scary as shit. But I mean, what, what did he say? He was like, I was scared the living daylights out of him. Yeah, he said he made a circle around the parking lot to see what was going on, and then like, a oh yeah, like three fourths of a way. He he made a circle, and as he was making a circle, he heard all these gunshots. He was like, "I was like, I was surprised. Like, I, I surely thought my partner was dead. I surely thought they would have shot him, and sure enough, he wasn't. He was just laying on the ground. He's like, thanks for leaving me, asshole.' <laughs> I actually, no, I think this guy's way more badass for like ramming them. And then yeah. so like these guys like realize like that the, their their plan's been botched, so they all jump into the getaway vehicle and and start to pull out. And at this point, the guy's like, they like just like, I got him right where I wanted him and I rammed him as hard as I could. Yeah, he rams the car, but then they end up getting away. Yeah, so I guess it wasn't exactly right where he wanted them because, you know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they <laughs> fucked up that car pretty good. Yeah, like, I mean, a Brinks truck is something you don't want to fuck with. Nope. The prosecutor er, is like, you know anybody who. Who oh, could no. commit this? Do you know anybody who has a lot more money than they used to? <laughs> they they found the damaged car that day, and that's when they sent out uh, canines to search, and they, they didn't find anything. And then the next day, they found their secondary car at a nearby parking uh, lot. Yeah, the van, right? Correct. 
that was also stolen. Generally, see, when you when you want to rob a bank or, or an establishment, you don't want to use a single getaway vehicle. You generally want to have it secondary, preferably a third car. So you kind of do a little shell game, if you will. Yeah, dude, these guys were fucking legit with their, like, cars. And, like, they knew exactly what they were doing. They didn't find any evidence from any of the cars that they found. They got some weird composite sketches of three of the four dudes. And they're all, like, weird... Different shape heads, like cartoon characters from some like stop motion Tim Burton movie from somebody's nightmare. Yeah, they're kind of weird looking. They there's the fake beard guy. They said that you know one of some some one of them was wearing a a fake beard. Like so, the composite sketch has like a guy with like just scruff, like without a beard. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. weird. I don't know how they figure that. But yeah, these guys were never fucking caught. No. Nope, they're still out there. And they never killed anybody. Fuck the man, right? Good night. Yeah. Later. No, the, uh, the well, in August of 1997, there was another armed car heist uh, committed in Minneapolis. Ooh. Um, the FBI looked into the possibility that it... Yeah, I'm sorry. I always fuck it up. Anyway, uh, the FBI looked into the possibility of it being committed by the same gang. However, no suspects have ever been identified. <laughs> That's fucking cool. Um, Maybe they did do it again. They had aliases, and the I'm aliases, sure they did. Their alias names were Big Joe, Little Joe, and Roadrunner. <laughs> I like Big Joe and Little Joe. That makes me think that they're <laughs> they do have a bit of a sense of humor too. <laughs> Uh, anything else from that case? That, uh, that that's the only update. Um, uh, Big Joe, Baby Joe, and Roadrunner. Wherever you guys are, like, kudos. Hit us up. You did it. Hit hit us up. Uh, Fund us. Our podcast. <laughs> Get in touch with us. Um, we'll shoot us a DM. We'll blur out your voice, and you could be on the fucking podcast. We'll make you not Big Joe, not little, not Baby Joe, and not uh, no, no, no. You guys, you no, you guys on the show. You do you. Yeah, we'll refer to you as Big Joe, not Big Joe, and Little Joe, not Little Joe, and Roadrunner, not Roadrunner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, we'll give you all the respect that you deserve, and you can give us a little more details. I, this, I think this is going to happen, guys. Let's plan for it. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Next week. You know, We're going to be talking about. I'm going to put all uh, my eggs that, in this. Is that, I'm gonna is put, that my cue? I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket. and. <laughs> Remember, remember that episode where we learned what "don't put all your eggs in one basket" means? Yeah, that, that was that yeah. was an educational episode. Come on, yeah. please, not another lost love. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what we're doing next week, Eli. Ah, uh, man. Unfortunately, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but we got a couple of them. We got a man who, who, uh, who may have known too much, killed by intruders. Oh, cool. And then we got this was my favorite. Actually, this is the one I'm most excited about. Is we got a real life Matthew Broderick in War Games. We're gonna be talking about a guy who uh, commits some pretty cool IT espionage. And then last but not least, we've got another lost love. Sorry to burst your bubble, but <laughs> at least it's not like it. three, three lost. No, nah, we got we got one. It's one. All right, we'll, all right. we'll manage. We'll manage. Um, yeah, yeah. So what's up, guys? Come, what's up? We've been here for an hour. Um, come and hang out with us next week. And uh, same stack time, same uh, stack channel. Well, not time. You know, whenever you want. It's a fucking podcast. Yeah, we're not going to force you to do them when you um, when listen. You can yeah, or can't listen to us. Take a or couple weeks we off and then listen to two in a row. It'll be fine. Um, Double down. We'll still if be you here. Will. I'd like to thank our. I'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, no Casper. One. Casper, <laughs> the friendly ghost. Casper, <laughs> Casper, the friendly ghost, uh, starring Christina Ricci and Bill Paxton. I almost said Pullman. Um, it's a fine, fine movie. Lots of great cameos. There's a Clint Eastwood cameo. He turns into Clint Eastwood for a second. Turns into Mel Gibson. Um, there's one more cameo that's not coming to mind. If you remember, tweet us. If you remember, let us know. <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah, we're the Stack Pack on Instagram and Twitter. And um, I'm at uh, Davey Howe, D-A-V-Y-H-L-W on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me at road underscore Dan. And as always, Big Bad Vinyl Dad. And uh, yeah, come back and hang out next week for every mystery there's someone somewhere who knows that truth perhaps that someone perhaps that someone is you you know keep listening keep doing your thing 